0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from Wizahicken High School. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. Welcome to episode 104. 103 had a lot of really fun feedback. We broke through to a new audience over the last couple of weeks and that I posted some clips about Mr. Drejer in the Wizzahickon alumni page. And he got so much love there. So, if anyone is on Facebook and you want to check out the Wizzi Hicken alumni page, there's like 50 some comments on the post for episode 103 with Daniel Cataldi, where everyone is just sharing moments and memories with Mr. Dreger. This week's episode is featuring Alea Bradshaw. As I mentioned before, uh, I thought that Alea and I had a pretty rough relationship when we were growing up. I think I definitely said some things to Alea, called Alea some names, uh, being that I was 11, 12, 13 years old. But as we moved on to high school, really started to reflect a little bit more on that relationship. And I say it a couple times, you know, I felt like Alea and I had a relationship like a brother and sister. I don't think I ever thought of it like that back then. But now looking back at it, I really enjoyed some of the times that she and I had and uh, as well as a few other people. I was trying to book Aleia for a few weeks, um, probably a few months, to be honest. And much like Danielle, Alea was also in the process of trying to move. Uh, and so when I finally was able to get a date with Danielle, I figured, let me try and just get this interview with Alea later in the day, uh, being that they were both in the suburbs and it actually worked out schedule wise. Uh, when I got there, I realized that Alea actually being that she had literally just moved didn't have furniture set up yet. And so uh, wh- what this interview is, is basically having a-, a microphone set up a little bit of a distance away, but it is in the middle of the summer. Uh, and if you're in Philadelphia, you know what the heat is here, uh, extreme humidity. And so we were actually sitting on Alea's back deck during this interview with a giant fan in the background. And so uh, this interview was a really good test for me to um, work on my editing skills and my filtering skills and my noise reduction skills. And so this interview might sound a little bit different. Um, I think I actually did a really good job at cleaning up the background noise and the fan uh, that's going on. But if it feels like it's maybe a little bit, I don't know, tinny, uh, that is why. But I thought the conversation was incredible. I think the noise uh, goes away in your mind after you're listening for a couple of minutes. And uh, I hope Regardless of the sound, you guys will really enjoy this conversation. Before we start, I got to remember to put out all the social media. We Weren't Friends in High School is the name of the podcast. You can get it everywhere. The Twitter is WWF in High School. The Instagram is We Weren't Friends in High School. No apostrophe in the Instagram name. And my social media is Red Shirt Playa Everywhere. Okay, let's go to the interview with Alea Bradshaw. So, Aaliyah.
1: Brad. <laughs>
0: welcome. So, let's start kind of like at the beginning of like the Wizahicken world. You were were you in elementary? Because I think I remember you from Shady Grove.
1: I did go to Shady Grove for one year, fifth grade. Mm-hmm.
0: Was that your first year at Wizahicken?
1: It was. Well, no.
0: Where'd you start? I was
1: at Bluebell. Okay. And then moved to Ambler in fifth grade. We moved um, from Townline. That's like, uh, what is it, County Line Road, M202, yep. right there at that corner. I lived there all my life until I was ten. Wow. when I moved to Ambler.
0: What was that like? Fun. Yeah?
1: It's a it's a big complex, so all the mothers just kicked their kids out in the middle of the day, you know, and we hung out all day long. This is great, actually.
0: That's awesome.
1: Moving to Ambler was interesting. That was a big uh, jump, you know.
0: Different, very different town.
1: Uh, well, you know, I went from like apartment complex to this big town. You know, not big, but you know what I mean.
0: Were you, um, were you Cherry Street? That
1: I'm between Cherry and Anderson, mm-hmm. and so it's one house. That's my house. So I hung out with people from Cherry. So Dan Donahue, yeah. and Mike Donahue were like my best friends. Yeah,
0: I knew you in Shady Grove. Who did you have in Shady Grove?
1: I don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> I, ha- I must have blocked all of that out.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um. Yeah, I was not. It wasn't a good experience for me. So I think really? that I blocked all of it out. I don't remember any. I cannot tell you who I had in fifth grade at all.
0: Was fifth grade itself the bad experience or actually, the move?
1: no. I met a lot of cool people in fifth grade, like people I'm friends with to this day. Yeah. So actually, no.
0: Okay.
1: It was not fifth grade. I would say middle school one.
0: Why was middle school hard? Oh, because, you know. In general terms, you don't have to give specifics.
1: I don't like people. I mean, I am a people person, but I don't necessarily like people. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So, um, I think it was just a lot of different personalities. You know, I was used to my certain group and you go to middle school and then you're introduced to everybody and you're like, Whoa, who are you? <laughs> you know? Um, and I was bullied a lot. So.
0: Really? Yeah. So I'm curious about this. Um, Danielle and I were talking about like bullying and she asked if I was bullied. And I, I told her, I didn't think I was necessarily bullied, but I thought I was, I invited confrontation and instigation and then you have to live up to it. Um, what is bullying like? for girls or in your experiences, if you, I'm not a girl, so I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know what that.
1: That's a very interesting question. Um, What is bullying like for girls? I think that bullying is, um... (sighs) I guess it's just somebody telling you that you're not something. Hmm. I I think girls like validation from everywhere you know what I mean and I think not getting that validation from any um, any little any little criticism I think for a girl at that age sends them down the wrong path Yeah, you know what I mean and then I think it becomes I don't know you know the insecurities come out and then you say something and then they say something and it just becomes crazy. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's very interesting. I've never had anybody ask me that. Really? I'm like, really like thinking about it. Like, what is it like for it? I I really think that's what it is, though. I think it's our own insecurity at that age.
0: Yeah, I can see. I think that a lot of my issues were insecurities. Yeah. You know, acting out so that I could try and get the jump on where I thought someone was going to try to attack me verbally or or physically.
1: This is true. You never wanted to say certain things or, you know, walking on eggshells.
0: Yeah. Um, Were you bullied by classmates, older classmates? Mm -hmm. And then is that something that you felt like... One of the things that I I think about, like, with friendships in high school, especially, like, starting in, in elementary school, where we all grew up in a very small... Kind of town, and when compared to you know a North Penn, yeah. And so when you grow up with essentially 300 people that you're going to know your whole life, I think I had a hard time wrapping my head around people grow apart, people change. Even to this day, I think a lot of this podcast, I'm starting to realize that wow, people have changed. People don't even remember stuff that I've I've held on to, or stuff that even if it's not a negative hold on, I just remember it. I think people, um, a lot of people just move past that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? you were do you think that you moved past the did the did you move past the bullying to where it wasn't like a daily thing for you or
1: yeah pretty quickly actually how does that i just didn't care after a while it was just like okay you know what i mean like i didn't god i never really held on to it like that yeah and it's funny because i've had people like inbox me message me and be like you know i used to bully you When we were younger, and I'm like, I never even gave you a second thought. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I guess it was different for me. I never really hung on to it like that. Yeah, it wasn't.
0: Did you get in fights? The girls fight?
1: Did I get in a fight in school? Not until senior year.
0: No, not until
1: junior year. So no. Wow,
0: that's an that's an older time to get in fights. That's about when mine
1: stopped. I know. I was jumped on school bus in twelfth grade. 11th grade, I think, with um, Pencil, I think she was stabbing me with. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was a girl, I forget her name. She came in. This is interesting. She came in to and, like, really. And the funny thing is, is that, like, we all hated her because she felt like, I guess she can run things. I think that we were all very, very, very close, even if we didn't think that we were. So, basically, what I mean by that, if you felt somebody was bullying you, but an outsider that, you know, you just got to listen again and said something to you, I guarantee any one of us would have stepped in and been like, listen, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that was the situation. She came up to me one day and I was just, it was early in the morning. I'm tired. I'm like, listen, I really don't have time to talk to you. I, I don't know who called you this name or anything. I don't, I don't care. She said that she was scared. She told the cops that she was scared. So uh, I guess because her friend said that, you know, you don't mess with me. I don't know Why? <laughs> Cause I feel like I'm a nice person, Big you know. Bad, Maybe some days, probably. Huh. um, <laughs> But yeah, and you know, I got on the school bus one day, and she was stabbing me with a pencil. I kind of took the pencil from her. I punched her in her face. Wow. was pretty much the end of it. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: God, yep. I feel like I got off lucky now. So right before we started recording, I was bringing up that I feel like we were confrontational, and and you don't you don't remember it at all. I i have to tell you you. i think so i feel like i when i think back now i think back and i go god i feel like Alea almost was like a sister
1: right i think that was the banter i definitely
0: but i think it took you know fifth grade sixth grade i think it took a lot of that time to get there
1: i think i might remember some of that okay maybe
0: like I'm pretty sure
1: really because I'm all that I've sure ever said I... I
0: cursed you out
1: in maybe class
0: and I think I think really? like yeah I think I curse you out in class um
1: in what? a way that
0: like in a way that like like a boyfriend would would angrily yell at his girlfriend really yeah I think like I think I called you a bitch and like and we were probably in like fifth sixth seventh grade
1: Why don't I remember this? Yeah. I do not remember that at all. I always remember. I remember feel
0: bad about it, but.
1: (laughs) Oh, I get that so much. I, I, um, I always say like, you, (laughs) you're one of my favorite people because I think that you gave off the air that you were a certain way, but you weren't, you were just you. Yeah. What was that way? You were an instigator. Yeah definitely but i always felt like that was a little bit more like a shell like a facade like a a defense mechanism and i think that once i realized that i was like oh he's cool he's you know he's harmless you know i don't remember like bantering with i did that a lot with girls but never i don't remember
0: um i remember i think i remember it because it's not a it's not a proud moment for me you know what I mean? Like,
1: Aww. you know what I mean? Like, uh is this why you're doing this? No,
0: no, no, no. I'm, I'm doing it because I think it's a great idea.
1: It is a great idea. I'll um, tell you that. But no, I
0: want to be honest about it. You know, I don't I don't want to. so bad. No, I don't feel bad. That You felt um, bad about it. Like, because I will tell you that some of my best memories from high school. Is you and me and Coop and Kelly, uh Kelly Brailsford.
1: Yeah. I still talk to Kelly. And
0: Brandon Deese,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whether it was we had a you and I had a study hall with Brandon right. or the four of us with Kelly had chorus.
1: We did.
0: Coop used to wear that funky glove on his hand. You remember that glove? <laughs> the sweat towel the glove? Though? He had like a knit glove, and we would just I'd be like, yo, Coop, let me wear that glove. <laughs> and we wear that glove. <laughs> and he would just have like a one, <laughs> one-handed <I> mean, glove. <laughs> and can I tell you what it what what it was really for me? Uh-uh. You guys know this is like a. I mean, this is like a hard fun moment. You guys honestly were like in in school. Like my my best black friends. As far as like black culture, most of my friends were white that I grew up with. But having like black friends to talk about comedy to talk, I learned. To, I, you don't remember this. I know. I know you don't remember this. We learned how to play "Anywhere" by One Twelve on the piano together, in chorus, and we used to all sit on the risers.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. And we,
0: and the four of us would just sit over here and just crack wit.
1: I feel like I I feel like that was probably a hundred percent fact.
0: Yeah, and that was like where yeah. and that was where I could talk to people about. Yo, did you see ODB at the Grammys? Did you see this? Did you see that? That was really, you guys really were like my window into acceptance of black culture. One of the things that I talked to Mike Clyburn about this That's so um, was that being biracial, you know, I don't know that I always felt like I belonged in groups. And so I refer to like the group of, of the group of black kids at the trash can at the end of K Hall. I could never stand in that group.
1: That is so interesting. Yeah. Like, well, I thought the same
0: way though. So that's something that also when I think about you, that you had a mix of friends, right? Like I think for you, Very I think of like Noel.
1: Yeah.
0: Being one of your best friends.
1: Still is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So will you tell me a little bit about just about that? Like you lived also in a pretty white neighborhood. Oh. You were in when I sectioned off Ambler. That was where the Breckas, where the Donahue's, where they all live. That was the white part of That was the white part of Ambler.
1: Yeah. It was horrible. Was it? I didn't like it. No.
0: I don't want to say selecting of your friends because I don't think you you picked them like by choice, but <laughs> but just like that that process of of when you have different races of friends like that, but I just think it's super relevant nowadays.
1: I don't see. I know people hate to, to hear this phrase, okay? I don't see color. I don't. I really don't. I look at you and I say, there's Brad. I don't, my first instinct is, oh, there's black Brad. First of all, Brad's not all black. Right. Okay, so I, I don't, that's not what I do, period. And I never have. Um. Interesting enough, though, I did always have a mix of friends, but between middle school and high school my parents didn't want me to have white friends like i wasn't allowed to go out nothing so you moved me into a white neighborhood but then tell me you know i don't want you to have any white friends Mm. so it was kind of like i don't know i i didn't really relate to the black At, at that age i didn't really relate to the black um kids in that area because my parents are from new york and so from time i was born until about maybe 16 I spent every damn weekend every summer in New York it's a whole different world yeah you know what I mean it's a whole different demeanor people carry themselves a lot different they've been through a lot more than we've been through here in Ambler you know what I'm saying so it was very hard for me to kind of make that determination I looked at a lot of them like you guys have all this shit yet you want to be on the fucking corner doing what so it kind of irritated me a lot a little
0: pretenderish
1: a lot pretenders
0: that's the yeah. suburbs right
1: it is so but I would have never known that if you know I didn't have both sides of that spectrum um so coming back to Ambler um during the week was difficult it was just like what in the world like yeah. these people take everything for granted
0: um and I know who, who else did you hang out with at that time
1: Bianca Mercer
0: yeah
1: Linnea Huckabee yeah <laughs>
0: I get um, so excited when I hear these names.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so what do you what do you do then? So you can't be friends with people in the neighborhood with 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 the white kids in the neighborhood. So what are you doing for social? School's over. What happens? What do you do? I'm in my room. Chilling. Yep. As much as you can.
1: Chilling, reading.
0: Was there like an expectation for you? So my dad was super strict, and would often have like. I'll call them, I don't want to call your parents weird, but I consider, you know, weird kind of guidelines. My parent, my dad would, like, my dad, I think, was a little opposite. Didn't want me hanging out with the black kids in the neighborhood. Right? I was in South Ambler. What? Yeah, so my dad would see, you know. Really? Yeah.
1: I never knew that.
0: That was in South Hambler? Yes! Oh, yeah. I grew up down the street from, like, Wham! and Miles and Nick Corliss and, yeah, Mike Mayall and Ray Campion and yeah. Jermaine Thompson lived right next to me.
1: But your dad didn't want
0: My dad didn't um my so we had a really large presence of guys that would hang on the corner. We had a one of those like I don't know if the house was abandoned, but it was uh it was frequented the house. And so it's where people would just hang out all the time. And my dad would always try and make a delineation of what my expectation was and that that wasn't to be it. And so any in Ambler, and South Ambler especially, everyone's related. Everyone's cousins. And, yeah. and so it's like you can hang out with those and play bike. You can ride bikes with those kids in the streets. That's about it. They can't come over. You don't go over there. It was, you know what I mean? It was a it was a dumb rule. And there's a better way to teach what you're trying to teach than to exclude or, or seclude or segregate. I don't know
1: right
0: so i guess you know it, my dad if if i was to say well then what am i supposed to do dad i can't what am i gonna do my dad would would tell me and he was the same way with like girls he would tell me say don't you don't worry about that you, you read you study you do this you do that is that that's what i was kind of trying to get to it's long about way but i got there would your parents expect you to better yourself instead of being out
1: i think that was just the rhetoric you know what i mean like i, I think that was just what they said I think that's what they grew up listening to. Yeah. Um, it sounds like trauma to me. And that's what, it, I mean, it, it's, I talk about this all the time. I talk about family trauma passed down through generations. And yeah. that's what it, exactly what it sounds like to me. Like, you know, yeah, um, probably something that his parents drilled into him. It's a different time. He's trying to drill it into you. But for you, it doesn't even really make sense. Right. That's exactly how I grew up um my parents were very different let's just put it that way and um yeah it had a very it had a very negative effect on how i saw relationships identity Mm -hmm. you know you want me you want to i guess do better i guess that's the whole thing with that generation So you move us into a white neighborhood, but then you don't want us to hang out with the people in that neighborhood, you know? And then like, even, even a lot of, actually, now that I think about it, they were always skeptical of the black, you know, of, of the black kids. Yeah. So you're kind of in this like, well,
0: damned if you do, damned if you don't, how do you live as a kid?
1: You're kind of as a child when you're not, you know, your your mind isn't as developed. You haven't experienced anything. You don't know what to think. Mm-hmm. You're stuck.
0: Did you start having any fun at any point in high school?
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. In high school, I was a mess. But it was great.
0: Yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> if you had to pick, like, a fun moment, most fun moment in high school.
1: Like, actually
0: in school? Yeah. In in, in the confines of the educational experience.
1: I hated it though. I mean, I Did I you- have to be honest. It was a horrible experience for me. Um, I those were the years where I was just so lost. I felt empty, and you know, so I don't I don't know if I'm able to. <laughs> if I say it, it might sound like really. I don't know if I can. The most fun time, um, social lab. I love social lab. Did you do social lab?
0: what was social lab
1: so social lab was when you're in 12th grade if you were finished your credits you would go to school half the day and work half the day oh well intern half the day yeah
0: yeah this is different than tech school this is actually like yeah yeah this is
1: different from tech school yep that was fun that was great yep. great time yep. mm-hmm. where did you go uh not to intern often. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I don't
0: want to misquote him but i'm pretty sure eric said he had the exact same <laughs>
1: not to intern every maybe twice a week I'd go but then you know we'd go to people's houses yeah go out to breakfast we used to go out to breakfast a lot me Justin Hammond Jess Davis and somebody else came with us too
0: wow more names <laughs> I love names yes you mentioned parties so I didn't party at all really yeah never I never like went to any parties cast parties from musicals was like the bulk of it. My friends didn't party. My friends weren't didn't drink, didn't didn't do anything. And so
1: really? Yeah.
0: So for me like hanging out on a Friday or Saturday night was probably like getting Buffalo Wings and watching the Sixers or listening to music. And that would be about it. Maybe we go to friendlies. Uh but that would be about it. That wasn't a thing that I grow. So I'm curious a little bit into like the experience of the party world when you're a teenager
1: i was just telling aaron about um one new year's eve me and bianca were bored we're it's like 10 30 we're like geez i mean why are we sitting here so we call someone up we're like are you having a party he's like yeah we go i mean everybody from school is there i mean everybody that we hung out with i guess you know really mm-hmm how many uh, people? Oh, God. A lot. I mean, you're talking about a row home, completely filled all rooms. like, wow. Yeah.
0: That sounds like so much fun.
1: It was. Those
0: are the moments <laughs> that I completely missed out on.
1: I didn't have many of those. Well, yeah, I did. Never mind.
0: See, I feel like those are the moments that for me in my 20s and 30s that I'm always like striving to have. And I have them now. I have fun times and great parties and things like that, but I feel like I don't know if I got it out of my system or if I will because I feel like I'm kind of... Right, because you missed
1: that time period. That makes sense. Yeah,
0: That
1: that makes sense.
0: Do you want to talk about any bad times? Tough times?
1: Oh, I was drunk from 10th grade. Well, all 10th grade. Definitely. 11th grade, maybe part of 11th grade. I used to drink SoCo in the morning. I used to bring a water bottle of SoCo. Just the whole bottle. All day. Mm
0: -hmm. Drunk. (laughs) That's so surprising. I mean, so I knew stuff like that was happening. I feel like we were the the vodka and the water bottle generation. Definitely. I don't know. What's that like? I mean, you're fucking young, right? And you're...
1: Depressed. Miserable, you know?
0: Wow. How did you... (laughs) Overcome that habit, I guess. That specific, maybe you didn't the depression, but you said through eleventh, so not twelfth.
1: I mean, I had to graduate. I failed all of ninth grade, so it took a lot to graduate. A lot of extra credit, a lot of honors classes. I rewarded myself if the work got done, then I drank. Like mm. I switched it up a little bit.
0: Okay. I feel like our world is very small being in the suburbs. So, was there ever like a point? But I mean, did you have ever like visions or wonders of what's outside of this little borough? Yeah. Were there any ideas for you that you? The
1: city. I just wanted to be in the city. In Philly? Mm -hmm. Any city, really. Anyone. (laughs) Right. Philly was just the closest, you know. Yeah, definitely. I definitely felt like um, we're traveled fast, and I had to get in my car to do everything, which annoyed me. And, you know, I definitely wanted, like, convenience.
0: Yeah, that's my thing now about the, I drive to work, and then when I, I get home, I park, and I don't get back in my car again until I have to go back to work.
1: Exactly. I lived in Philly for 12 years. Really? And it was great, yeah. When did you get there? Uh, what, 2007? 2007. 2007. I think.
0: Okay. How did, how did school kind of wrap up for you? How do you... Did you leave with the feeling that everything was square?
1: Yeah, I was ready. I was fucking... I did not even... I think I took one picture of Bianca, and I fucking left. I did not even... It wasn't like, oh, give me my stuff. I was out. Wow. Go on, yeah. So, I went to East Strasburg Okay. Um, I didn't graduate. I left my going into my junior year because I got sick, and then I started. I moved to Harrisburg and started at AT and T, and I was at AT and for twelve years.
0: I feel like I know the answer to what you're gonna say. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like anything prepared you for what you're doing now from a skill set? No. Organization, responsibility, anything like that? No. So why East Stroudsburg?
1: Um, my brother went there. Hmm. And so I was like, all right, I'll go there.
0: You've taken these journeys like so East Stroudsburg and then you lived in Harrisburg.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: These are so non. <laughs> I don't know. Philadelphia. Not I don't look them at as, them as urban locations.
1: Um, not East Jawsburg so much, but Harrisburg is.
0: I guess every place has a city, right?
1: Yeah, Harrisburg is crazy.
0: Really? Oh. In a good way? Nope.
1: Oh. No, 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 no. Nope. <laughs> the Harrisburg is, um, I had to grow up real quick in Harrisburg. Really? Um, in what way? Um, the crime is crazy. Like, you, you can't even go outside of your house. Really? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, I think. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful place to live, though, but... You got to know what you're doing. You got to have your eyes, ears open all the time.
0: How long have you been back in Montgomery County?
1: I've been back for two years.
0: From Was it directly from Philly?
1: hmm How do you like it? I, um, I hate it. Really? <laughs> hmm Yeah. I don't like it at all.
0: Too much of a reminder? Too small?
1: Oh, way too small. Trust me. Way too small. Something happens. Two hours later, the whole fucking world knows. <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I, I just, I've never liked this area. I grew up seeing so many different places or it's just, hmm. this is my least favorite.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm single, no kids. So I still live like, you know, I'm 19 because I can.
1: Right.
0: What's it like As to have should. responsibility?
1: scary <laughs> I'll be 100% I feel like it's scary but um, I don't know I I don't see the, my kids as like a, a crazy burden so much it is a lot of back and forth and running around and doing this and doing that but it's also fun mm-hmm. it also keeps you going it keeps you motivated it keeps you focused so mm-hmm. it's a good thing That's it good. is scary though yeah, you know, <laughs> to be responsible for somebody else's life.
0: I don't have the characteristics in me. Still, I, I hear people <laughs> say that once you're once you're thrust into the position, you change. You,
1: you do. You know, there's
0: you either do or you don't, right? You're mm. you're either going to be the type that, that changes, or you keep fucking around and don't change, don't make your life better, and you know, don't right. really give your kids hope. But um, mm. I don't see myself in that position. To I don't know how to do it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm especially interested and, in, you know, Coop, you're in that position too where like, you know, we're the same age, but you guys have been so you guys have kids, you've had kids. And so, you know, to evolve into that world and learn about that, I don't even know how to do it, and I don't even know if I have the skill set in me. Now that if I was, you know what I mean? So, you know, yeah, I guess you ask people for help, but I just
1: when I had my oldest, it was just like, "Alright, I got this little sidekick and everything that I'm going to do for myself, I do for her anyway. So it's like, that's how I always looked at it. Um, and then my middle one came and I was like, Oh my God, I might die. Cause she was a little crazy, mm. you know, and she still is. So they are two years apart. And that was interesting, you know, uh, a baby and a two year old, but I still, I, I guess I didn't see it as something hard. I loved my kids and I just wanted to hang out with them, but I couldn't because yeah. I was always working, but I I don't know. See, I always wanted to be a mother. Really? Always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Always wanted. To, so I feel like I've accomplished everything just I've accomplished something three times. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, I I love it. So maybe that's the difference. I enjoy it. I don't feel like It's a burden. It is a lot. And I get frustrated and I get overwhelmed. But I think that's everything. Mm -hmm. That's everything that we do. Mm
0: -hmm. I think about like what I'm supposed to do. And so (laughs) I want kids. But I think that 10, 15 years ago when I'm thinking, okay, I got to start doing this in my 20s so that I'm not so much older. um, I don't think that I knew how to make. What's the right way to put it? I don't think that I knew how to prepare my life for stuff like that. Does that make sense?
1: Like to try to be prepared for it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like you he, So like here, I think I need to kind of hurry up, but I don't even know what that means.
1: Well, that's because of the program. We talk a lot. My friend, she loves talking about the program. What's the program? The program is just basically that's what we've been drilled in our heads that we have to we have to be married at a certain age we have to have a baby at a certain age and you know honestly it's all crap you know things happen when they happen Mm -hmm. it's society you know we it's the validation we have to do this so that society can look at us a certain way yeah all that does is you know promote anxiety and fear yes that's all that that does i've
0: got i've got those things
1: yeah i bet
0: <laughs> i do yeah I absolutely and don't worry the, danielle gave me a little bit of a shrink session too so this, <laughs> that's how some of these things like like turn out like that well um but i am curious in that you know when people that you kind of lived um what i consider similar you know lives around each other grew up together i'm always curious you know and, and not having talked to you for 20 years mm-hmm. in depth i'm um, so yeah your, your point of view on life and especially having that you know that you live such a different life than I did. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. Intriguing. But then again, not so different because your dad w- was the same way my parents were, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's that, uh, what do people call it? It's that, you know, Um. black people rhetoric, you know?
0: Mm hmm. That's exactly what it is. Yeah.
1: And it's trauma. I just want to be clear. Yeah. Don't edit this out because it's important. Yeah. It's trauma that is spread from generation to generation. Our generation doesn't speak up for the things that are serious. We just say, you know, we just sweep it under the rug and say, oh, you know, that was just that generation. That's how they talk. For instance, um, what you were saying about your dad and how, like, you know, he didn't want you to do that. But to him, it looked a certain way, even though we all knew what, you know what I mean? But that was his own insecurity, you know? Mm-hmm. That's their own insecurity, and we don't say that to them. We don't say, hey, listen, you're wrong. This is you. Don't put this on me. And then we grow up with this fear of life,
0: mm-hmm. you know? I 100% agree. I think um, it's – so my dad passed. uh about a year and a half ago two years ago but we hadn't Sorry, seen yeah. each other for a long 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 time
1: really yeah
0: yeah really long time we had a, yeah we had a falling out when i was a teenager so after my parents divorced yeah all through like um most of high school and then beyond and never saw my dad again never talked to him and so you know when when he was passing when he was dying um i you know you have to go through all these emotions and i actually had to be the one to like like see the care like the final care like how to come back into this after 20 years and so when you're just listening to his about his life and all that and you just think about all these things and and you just i think probably the thing i would want to ask him is what happened i i think i can make up a million different reasons as to what it was right um you know my grandfather was a, was was a angry was an angry man and so that made him an angry man um, my, my dad was a Marine in the sixties, a black man in the Marines in the 1960s could not have been easy. Uh, my dad had a propensity for white women, uh, all through his life. And so in the sixties, seventies and eighties, that shit ain't easy to, to get by with, which all that builds up all types of anger. And then just all the, you know, when your parents just kind of had things that you don't know about and you're probably never going to know about what were those things and, and how did that affect him? Um, and I think nowadays that's becoming such a public discussion in the black community, anxiety, depression, mental illness, you know the way that we kind of hide those things. Yeah, that's kind of what that really reminded me of. Of really feeling like I could come up with with six, seven different reasons of why my dad was the way he was. That projected these things onto me. That, quite honestly, probably is what led for me. To have anger towards you as a 13-year-old, as a a 9-year-old, however old, old I was. It's all connected in that way.
1: Absolutely. I just believe that we're all on our own journey. And we're all fighting every day. And the only thing that you can do is just love yourself. Fight yourself through the journey. Yeah. I think... You know, I think a lot of my fear has dissipated and anxiety by doing things that I'm terrified of doing. Like pretty much everything, honestly. Like what? What
0: kind of stuff you're terrified? You mean normal everyday type of things? uh,
1: Normal everyday, yeah. Yeah. Driving, driving certain ways. Yeah, like the anxiety is real, trust me. Yeah. And I'm probably sure that, well actually I'm interested. Has that been a common theme so far?
0: Anxiety? Yeah. Amongst the people I've talked to? Mm -hmm. Um, Mike spoke a little bit about about depression um, Mm. when he talked. Um,
1: I mean, I'm I'm curious to know we were all riddled by some sort of...
0: um, I think we've all dealt with different trials and tribulations, whether they're home um, or external. um, In some cases, legal um but i think we've all had we've all had some different experiences that left very unresolved issues mm. that i think yeah i think we're all yeah. as adults still addressing still learning about
1: yeah you know what the trick is the trick is understanding that good and bad things are going to happen in your life regardless so you have to change how you react to those things mm-hmm it's all about us and how we react to certain things. I mean, do we want to react to, um, out of fear or do we want to react out of, you know what, this happened, but then again, this happened. So we're okay. It's a balance, you know, it, it's about understanding that you're not always going to have good. There, There is going to be bad Yeah, and being okay with that bad, you know,
0: that's a huge man. That's like, I feel like that was my problem in high school and i'm so glad you kind of said my mom asked me today if anyone's talked about their impression of me and that's not necessarily what i want to ask people i feel it's, it's a little bit conceit i'm open <laughs> to it i'm I'm completely open to people asking me any question that they want to about my life or telling me anything i'm telling you what i you know i mean what my impressions of you i think that's what makes it fun but i appreciate you saying that you recognized you know i mean this outer shell And that that wasn't me. Um, That's something that I think not until recently I didn't realize. But I think I still so I've had some incidents lately that remind me so much of middle school, early high school when I was having those issues. And they all come come with um, ego.
1: Oh, yeah. Ego and and
0: public perception Mm -hmm. and um, anger. Yeah. You know, and, and it's so easy to when you're not careful, when you think you've got some things figured out to slip right back into that anger that you know i talked about with my dad and and that yeah if i you know having some confrontations where i go boy that was a stupid way to handle that why would you why would you put yourself in that situation and yeah. those are the type of things that so I, I i like to think that now i'm at least recognizing it whereas i would have just gotten in trouble 20 years ago and i wouldn't have known why it would have been matter that i got in trouble and, right and it's like oh okay i see yeah i see there was a wrong there and then i react to that and then You know, so it's a, you you almost can't let yourself off the hook either. I know. Because you have to keep.
1: It's a fight. It's a daily fight every day. You kind of get used to it. Yeah. And then you see that when you think of things differently, you try to kind of change your thought pattern, things start working out for you, Mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, I. This is the most interesting. I would have never thought if we didn't sit down really never oh that's awesome like i i wouldn't expect that people had i guess i i always feel like i'm the only one that goes through anything and i hear a lot of people say that and i think that's part of the problem so things like this you know like these podcasts are are really important nowadays thank you i i think it's a great idea and i hope that people are open to do it
0: Yeah, I'm really finding it's extremely therapeutic. Yes, I'm
1: I'm learning. (laughs) What are we talking about right now? I just left the house. Like I just moved out on July first.
0: Did you? uh, Did you go to the Ambler Festival?
1: No, I didn't. I always miss it. I'm always busy. I'm always running around working. Mm. It's a mess.
0: I love going. I love going to to Ambler. So I was there. I was there yesterday too. Yeah, it was a good. The fireworks. Yeah. Well, well,
1: yeah. We went to the fireworks. Yeah.
0: um, But I love. I love walking around there drinking. So yes. I love walking around Philly with a cup.
1: Oh, my fun. favorite thing to do. You know
0: what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So like to do that in Ambler understand. where people know you and you can throw out a high five to uh-huh. someone you haven't seen in 15 years. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I feel like I might run run for mayor out here some days. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Ambler's so fun with with the things. But how do you feel about the changes of the town?
1: I hate it. You don't like it. I just don't feel like they should have did that to Ambler. Ambler was very much a family town. Very few families settled in Ambler. It was a whole thing. I, You pushed a lot of people out. A lot of, I, I don't know. I am not happy with a lot of the situation in Ambler. Um, Lissa Higgins sucks. Ha. And I find that to be really interesting. I've been talking about it. In what way? Um, well, so amongst many other things, one of my things about moving back to Ambler was I really wanted my kids to go to Wasahick and I wanted them to have the same experience, like at least growing up in a small town and being able to, to see your friends come back 20 years later and you go all go to the same bar. Like I wanted them to have that yeah. same experience. Okay. But when I got here, I realized <laughs> that Ambler is so different. You know, you have your yuppies, you have your meth addicts, which there are a lot of those. Mm. Okay. Um, but then what's the Hicken as a school? We'll jump to what's the Hicken. Like I realized that I would have been better off keeping my kids at the school they were at in Philly.
0: No one says that.
1: No one says that. But I think that people need to say that because I've now talked to four different people who have said the same thing. As a matter of fact, I really? was speaking to a woman just Friday And her daughter grew up with all of us, but she went to Lansdale Catholic. Okay. And so she was saying that the reason why she went to Lansdale Catholic was because Wister was bad back then.
0: In what way? What do you mean you say bad?
1: So basically, Wister makes it obvious that all they care about is money. They make it real obvious. They have a million dollar budget, yet the list, the back to school list is like two pages long. Oh, wow. And then when you get there, they're like, also, can you get this, this? And we're like, what? You have a million dollar budget. Like, what do you, what am I bringing this up for? Um, standardized testing. That's actually what's the Hickens curriculum. So, you know, when we were younger, I remember day one was like learning whatever, say it was math. We kind of, this is what we're going to be doing. Day two. Okay. This is how you do it. Day three. This is what we're practicing. Okay. They don't do that. What's the Hickens? They teach what's on the standardized test like
0: in the wire season four maybe is that wire? what happened yeah that's what they do <laughs> on the wire in baltimore that's supposed to be doing that out here in the suburbs they teach the test
1: they teach so the curriculum they is turn based up the heat on... to
0: keep the kids calm
1: too well it's also about Fuck. money yeah it's not like you're learning anything that's why that's why the kids are coming home and they don't know what the hell they don't know what they're doing yeah
0: I hate that new math. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Listen, that is the worst. Nobody can do that. No one okay? can do new math. Kids get confused. Um, but yeah, to me, it's like a whole. My, I'll be honest. My kids would have been better off at their school in Philly. Can
0: I play Devil's Advocate? I please. Just because I'm curious. You didn't speak highly of your time here. Why would you want to put them back in this in this town and in that I, school?
1: Okay, so I didn't like school. Like, I, I didn't like school. But I did like the fact coming back when as you a came different back from person. from you mean? Right. Yeah. As a different person and speaking to different people just like we are, like, you know, it opened my eyes. Like, not a lot of people can say, hey, you know, when I go to the bar, I'm drinking with all the same people I've drank with my whole entire life. Like, not a lot of people, nobody really even understands that, yeah. you know?
0: You fell in love with the comeback story.
1: Exactly. And the, you know, the small town, watching too many movies type, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, it's just different. It's it, not looked story, it looked story.
0: looked like a storybook rest of your life type of, and then I came back it home, <laughs> and we settled in, and the people that taught me taught my kids.
1: I I did. I absolutely you're
0: not you're not alone in that the
1: grass is not greener on the other side (laughs) that was my life lesson
0: do you feel like your location would change your happiness in all honesty like do you feel like if if you weren't here and you were in Harrisburg or you were in if you were in you know Miami-Dade County (laughs) do do you think you would be personally happier in any way, or do you feel I like don't this think is
1: anywhere i am i think i make myself happy so yeah. i don't think anywhere i am is gonna affect my happiness but as far as like being comfortable where i am like as far as like okay this is where i want to be like this is just not it
0: if you were going to be miserable would you rather just be miserable in a place that you're comfortable that you that yeah. you know where, <laughs> where you know where to get you know where to get your cheesesteaks you know where to get your pizza you yeah. know where to get your beer
1: see i just want to be where nobody is like i want land a house and that, that's it. Like, I don't want
0: to. You do want to live down south.
1: I guess I do.
0: <laughs> or or Percocet.
1: I don't want. Uh, we're not going to do uh. that. <laughs> I I just want nothingness. Yeah.
0: yeah. I have um, in college, I, I grew an affinity for trucker music. Where
1: is there a difference? Like, what's trucker music? <laughs> trucker
0: music is like specifically about like trucker? trucker life. Yeah. So it's almost like white gangster music. It's about it's what? about dudes who drive to drive eighteen <laughs> wheeler. I can't believe I'm, I just dropped this on the podcast. This, this is, is like great.
1: A, can we listen to something? Because yeah, I'm yeah, interested. We'll, <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll play that when we're done. I'll I'll, I'll play. It. We can jam out if you want. Um, <laughs> it's about like like they 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 talk and a lot of time it's like rapping.
1: That's funny.
0: But they talk a lot about Iowa and wyoming and these open areas of land and untouched mountainous terrain and plains and that shit sounds so fun (laughs) like i always say if i can get if i get rich Uh i want to get like a place out in colorado where you have to take a helicopter to get there you got to bring all your food because the supermarket is like 20 miles out you know what I mean? And you just you call friends. I love it. This is what I say when I say I'm still like 20, like I'm still haven't gotten this out of my my system. You call friends like, "Hey, we're going to the spot in Colorado for like three weeks. You in? Like, yeah, let's go." <laughs> and then you, and then you come back three weeks later, go back maybe in That'd six be months. Great. Yes, you guys are in.
1: I'm in. All right, totally. You're on the invite list. You know, I find it interesting that you um you you feel like you know because you didn't party that much in high school that now it's kind of like you're getting it out and everything like that. But I mean, oh. I don't know many people who don't still party even with kids. Like, that's true. You know, um,
0: I re—I mean, as far as I don't have regrets, you know, I have, boy, I wish I could have done this, wish Ooh. I could have had this experience. But I I look back sure. on like those times and I don't know what that's like. And I love being social now. Ah. Um, and maybe because I do drink now. But I love being social and I really miss that. I miss having the opportunity in that time
1: Ah, to
0: experience, Mm -hmm. you know, like just I don't I didn't have those moments of being in the basement and eight people, 10 people, 15 people rocking out to a song.
1: Uh,
0: I didn't have that till college.
1: So you didn't like you never went to like one of the dance, many, many dance parties and.
0: No, wow. I didn't. I was not I never. I wasn't friends with anyone that had like a party. Got
1: it. Okay. Were they fun? That's interesting. Was were they fun? They were fun. I
0: also can't dance, and I think I think yeah. I can, Now you I can could do, have been all,
1: like on the wall drinking, you would have had a great time. Oh yeah, now
0: that. I can do like now I can do like classic rap video moves. I got all of Jay Z's live <laughs> live concert moves <laughs> down and everything. I now. As long it as now, you have the
1: two step down, you're good.
0: Yeah, I got it now, but all like right. but. I had extreme (laughs) like just anxiety about like fitting in 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 moments like that because I never had that experience Mm. in high school even dances like I didn't go to prom I didn't go to um, I didn't go to anything like that
1: wait a minute Brad you didn't go to prom no yes you did no
0: I didn't yes Yes, you did I don't even know if I want to share it no I didn't go I promise I didn't go
1: wait oh my god like i would have never thought that you had this experience like i this is so enlightening to me wow yeah i need you to i i'm gonna email some I'm people working for through you some shit <laughs> dude this is the best idea i need you to talk to so many this is so i would have what you didn't why didn't you go to prom
0: uh so i mean there's a myriad of reasons okay um First reason was I didn't ask anybody, right? And oh, well, I did ask someone. That's wrong. That's wrong. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. I, I did ask someone. So, all right, this will be weird. Okay. This is ridiculous. First you reason, were the most
1: personable person, one of the most personal people I knew. See, that's that facade shit.
0: Uh, but but I yeah, it was to hide my insecurity. So deep down, I think just insecurities, right? Not secure enough to. But I did have I technically I had a date to prom, and that date got a boyfriend prior to prom. And then I found out, like, I don't know, I guess a month or two before that i had been replaced by the boyfriend. Yeah.
1: Oh, man, so like, you're oh. so you just like, forget it.
0: Well, yeah, and then it was like, why, well, you know, by that point, everyone's kind of like, and so you make excuses and you go, oh, it's not even that big a deal. It's not even a senior prom. It's junior prom too. the seniors date, the freshmen, the juniors date, the sophomores. It's just a big school dance. I don't even care. And that's, you know, and that's how you talk yourself out of out of going. And then just I think I didn't date. I never dated in like high school or anything like that. And so a dating type of atmosphere or a dancing atmosphere wasn't my my thing. I was good at holding court with friends. You know, we're going to hang out and talk about stuff. That was my thing. But like an intimate session or something like that, that wasn't I didn't know how to even approach something like that as a teenager wasn't my my bag. Wow. So I didn't go. Like, school dances, I hated them. I was always on the wall at the school dances. I didn't ask girls to dance.
1: I think I remember that a little bit. Yeah. Which was weird because I always saw you, especially, like, as a very personable person.
0: Well, you know, and maybe this speaks to how our relationship got better. As I talk about, like, when I look back now, I feel like it was more like a sister relationship. Yeah, I like. But I think comfortability. I think I felt I felt acceptance. From you, from Kelly, from Brandon, from Coop.
1: Um,
0: And I think I didn't. And and probably because of my antagonistic and others, I don't want to let other people off the hook. I'll tell them to their face. But, you know, (laughs) I I don't want to make it sound like I'm like I was the problem all the time. I definitely if there was a problem, I didn't steer away from the problem. But, you know, I don't think I felt acceptance from other people because I had that type of relationship with so many people. There were tons of people I had like good relationships with that I was, you know, consider myself less. When I say we were acquaintances, I mean, less acquaintance than that. Right. That, right. That right. I didn't have a problem with and I got along fine with, but the people that I think I wanted to truly have acceptance from, I never gained that acceptance. And I think that made me feel a little bit, insecure inadequate mm-hmm. and so stuff like a school dance where i've got to get dressed up
1: i know you know what i, I mean know. like yeah i do
0: people are cracking you know people cracking on my hair because i don't have because I, I have jewish hair i don't have black hair i can't I, get the, uh-huh. i can't get the caesar now i gotta wear a suit and that's thought i don't even know how to do that shit. you know what i mean like that's not
1: i feel you and so yes. all that
0: stuff is just like yeah i can't do that uh,
1: i that's what I, that's the kind of stuff i hated in high school though it was, yeah it was that i had to be accepted by like I was different. I was definitely very different, which I think is the reason why I I was very like, you know, I didn't really have like a group of people. It no. was I, I was friends with everybody. I loved everybody. Um I, I hated that clicky feeling. Mm-hmm. And I definitely um resonate with not feeling accepted by um, you know, the black people. Maybe because I hung out with white people, I don't know. You
0: know, and I don't even know. You know, I don't know if anyone even um, feels that way. You know, in retrospect. That's true. I
1: mean.
0: You know, I, I'm really. That's it's one. Of the, it, and me, and me right? as well. You know, <laughs> like I said, I, one of the things that helps me is is learning that you're not. Not that I'm not special, but I'm not special in my thought. If I think it, someone else. Say, it.
1: Oh, that's. I mean, that's big because I always think that. You know. I'm the only one going, you know, everybody mm-hmm. is going through it, everybody. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, when you talk about, listen, when you talk about the way that you felt about school, if I didn't have some of those feelings, I would have no interest in, I don't want to say rewriting, the, rewriting the, the way I felt it turned out. But I would not have interest in wanting to figure out the sociological aspect of why do I feel that these were, you know, these some of these things were that way.
1: Because they were. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and I think what we'll find out is that other people also oh, yeah. felt that I'm too.
1: Ecstatic. I need I I need to all the answers. I want to hear this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Definitely. It's a fun journey so far. That would help me. It would help me because I, I am still working on it. You know. Um, and then I you know, I end up in this situation. And so like I it, it, Life is just crazy. <laughs> it is
0: crazy. Is there anything that you wanted to discuss, talk about, ask that I didn't cover? I've asked everything. I've I've like thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This was great. I yeah. can't wait to turn the mics off and start dropping names and
1: <laughs> um no, I mean I like I said, I just think this is great. I'm shocked. Like I didn't I I never realized that this was the experience that you had.
0: What did you? I mean, did you even think about what my? I was gonna say, what did you think my experience was? But that would be to assume that you sat and thought about what my high school experience was, which is a.
1: I mean, I just weird thing for me to
0: assume that you thought
1: it was normal. Like you know, just I can't answer that question. I I can't honestly answer that question because everybody's gonna have a different.
0: So the reason why this show can be called We Weren't Friends in High School is because I really only had like five friends that I would consider like really good friends. You know, and I, t- I talked about Coop earlier, you know, being that um, I know Coop. I've known Coop since fifth grade, I knew his parents, been to his house, he's been to mine. Uh, we had a handshake back in. Back in the day. I'm, ho- I'm going to ask him later if he remembers it. <laughs> but, um, you know, Coop is on that very peripheral of what I would consider like a great friend of someone I hung out. With. But Coop was someone I grew up with and 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 loved. Me too. Like a friend. And so, uh, but everyone else, everyone else um, wasn't, I didn't have a relationship with. It varied from, hey, what's up? We tell some jokes in, in, in study hall to, hey, go fuck yourself, Corbett
1: that, that was, did happen a lot that you, did
0: happen. so you remember that oh hell yeah oh. And, and it
1: irritated me because that's how i came that's how i came up with like i'm like i i don't think that people realize who he really is like because i don't have that experience with him. oh my god you're gonna make me cry i'm but that's why this is so crazy to me because I, that's anytime somebody brings up your name that's what i say I'm like, wow. I. Well, he's one of my favorite people because I think that people took him a certain way and he was totally different. He was like one of the coolest people you would ever meet. Wow! But that's how I got, you know what? Danielle's brother, Derek. And yep. he doesn't remember this, right? All of my friends used to like make fun of him. Oh, he's a goth and all this other stuff, right? I never did that. Like I never, I don't see that. Yeah. I just see people. The way we became friends was, he said to me, we were walking home one day with Dan and Mike And he said to me, I know your friends make fun of me, so you don't have to be friends with me. And I looked at him and I said, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like, you are you. And if if you want to be friends, we can totally be friends. And we were friends from that point on. Close as wow. out. To yeah. Daniel's
0: going to hate. He's, this is now the second show in a row. He's getting. He's getting <gasps> oh, Daniel, I love you too. I love
1: Daniel too. Championed she knows that. that. We championed
0: Derek's uh, run from tech school to to a solid uh, long running career. That yeah, he, that with boy a skill. was
1: no
0: joke. I saw him at the Ambler Festival.
1: You did?
0: Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen
1: him in years.
0: Oh, yeah. That is one of those feel good moments about being in this area. Yeah. That right there. It really is. When you have certain yeah. people that you do. You know that you have a a a certain type of love for i do that no matter what just like when they bring it brings a smile to your face when you think about that person well i don't i don't have any lingering questions i feel like we i feel like we had we went we went an hour 20.
1: did we i'm so glad you did this because i i love learning things about people yeah so you know this is amazing i i would have never thought that you had this experience Oh really? No. Oh yeah. And then to bring up the fact, because guess what? What? I did not know that you're mixed until probably a few years ago when I saw a picture of your mom and I went. Oh. Really? What did you think? Never knew. I thought you were Oh my! That
0: makes me want to cry too. That makes I can't. That's like Isn't that interesting? Thing that it, yeah. I thought it's, everyone oh. knew. I thought everyone knew.
1: <laughs> no. And so I find this interesting that you had, you know, this identity, wow. you know, toggle. And I'm like, dude, I thought he was blind yeah. until like a few years ago. No,
0: and, and wow. Well, that's that's the pod.
1: All right. Well, this, this is great. There's, There's one excited.
0: last thing that has to happen.
1: Oh, my God. What is it? Are you going to take a picture of me?
0: Well, we are going to take a selfie. But you've got to sign my yearbook.
1: Ah, I didn't sign your yearbook. Do I have to sign into my picture? Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I hate you. Oh, wow. This is amazing. I don't even have my yearbook. This is amazing. You're about to have the best night, too. This is fun.
0: I'm excited. This is part of my is when We just kept texting each other and we're like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm yes, excited. Yes.
1: I was so excited. Babe, he has a yearbook. Oh, yeah. I got the Can yearbook. you believe Why this? Why can't I
0: find you? Bolger, Borkowski. Oh, there you are. Oh, the short hair. The short
1: hair is awesome. I miss my short hair.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The short hair is so nice. We're signing yearbooks. I'm excited. Wait a minute.
0: (gasps) (gasps) Oh Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, this is great. You have not looked at this thing. Oh, my God. She is, yo. Okay, so Aaliyah's composure has completely changed.
1: Oh my God, I don't want to cry. Oh my God. Do you see what this says? Do you see those initials?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow, you shouted out Alicia Conti? That's so nice of you. Oh, I didn't even know you guys were that close. Yo,
1: this is crazy. Do you see these initials? Whose initials are they?
0: Does that mean anything to you? (laughs)
1: Oh, oh my God. Yo, I am going to freak out.
0: How does that make you feel?
1: I don't want to cry in front of all of you. Honestly, I really don't. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: I I never expected this. (laughs) No, this is a really happy, pleasant surprise. Oh,
1: my God. Yo, oh, my God. Just get this away from me.
0: (laughs) Woo. Well, Alea, thanks.
1: You're welcome. Anytime. That was amazing.
0: All right, that is Alea Bradshaw. I'm hesitant to add any more really notes to the conversation because I felt like it was a, it's a conversation that uh, really should stay contained in the environment that we had it. Um, I don't know that I could I could truly put anything extra onto what we said. Um, Other than I really enjoyed it, I know Alea really enjoyed the conversation, and I was probably uh, more open than I've been thus far about uh, my personal life, including my relationship with my dad and and his passing uh, a couple of years ago. And that's really, I think, all that I will say on that. For those that were wondering who was in the background, um, the screaming with Alea's yearbook, what did this all mean, Uh, the references to Coop, Uh, Alea is in a relationship with aaron cooper who was also in our graduating class aaron or coop as i referred to him growing up was actually a friend of mine Uh, he knew my parents he's been to my house Uh, and so coop is actually barred from being on the show uh, as he violates the rules to actually be on the show and so it was kind of fun uh, to have aaron sitting on off to the side just listening to the conversation and um, playing bartender at times for us. But uh, the emotion that Alea felt was because here she wrote about Aaron Cooper in her yearbook. That is what AC meant in the initials in her yearbook. Uh, I was just joking about Alicia Conti. Hi, Alicia. And yeah, so there was Aaron sitting there, and Alea really just didn't remember her feelings at that time for Aaron. She knew that he was there in her life, she knew that they had. Uh, some history, but she didn't remember that he meant something at that time to actually put him in her yearbook. And so, you know, we're sitting on the back deck and and there he is off to the side and she's reading this after so much reflection. Um, it was really surprising for her. Uh, a lot of emotion, obviously, as you heard, and quite honestly, a lot of fun for me to kind of see in person. Um, two people that I definitely now consider friends, um, kind of coming together and me seeing that realization that maybe it was always meant to be. One thing Aleya and I did not get to talk about on mic, but we discussed after the fact, is that Aleya also has a little bit of a business and you know how I feel about local businesses. And so if you're interested in alternative medicine or intuitive readings, check out Aleya's page, Evolve Spiritual Services. She does readings and energy healing and if you're interested in that sort of thing, reach out, get in contact, and you can book her. I know my mom is a big fan of that, and she's probably gonna reach out for a reading at some point soon. And so, uh, you know, that is where I leave you with, uh, with, with this episode. In two weeks, my guest will be Jason Herb. Jason is someone that I really always enjoyed growing up from elementary school all the way through high school. I thought he was a really funny guy. I know a lot of people thought, that he was a really funny guy and he is a really funny guy and you're going to get to hear some of that uh, in two weeks when the episode drops. I will tell you that Jason has been living a bit further from the Philadelphia area and so this really is going to serve I think as an update for a lot of people that grew up with Jason, uh, remember Jason from high school as the fun loving guy and maybe have wondered where he's been. Well he's been living a little bit north of here up in the Clark Summit area And I actually went up to visit him uh, this summer and this will be that conversation. Jason's been through some tough times. I know for me it was a pretty surprising conversation and I really feel honored that Jason felt comfortable enough to share it with me knowing that it was going to go out to all of you. So real quick, all the social media, again, we weren't friends in high school on Instagram, WWF in high school on Twitter. Redshirt Playa is all of my personal information. I hope you'll come back in two weeks on a Monday morning with my next guest, Jason Herb. I'll talk to you guys then. Bye.